0: The Arcade Cabinet, a podcast about video games, playing video games, and other stuff.
1: Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Around the Arcade Cabinet. This week I'm joined by our hopefully full time regular panel of Dallas. Hello. Mark. Hey. And Connor. Hey. And over on the ones and twos with some gameplay footage today is Brendan. Woo! Um, Today we're going to be discussing um, morality and choice systems in gameplay. And for that, since he's written an essay on the subject, I'm going to hand the proceedings over to Connor. Take it away.
0: Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon to everyone. Uh, No matter what choice you've made in terms of the time of your listening, We are here to talk about moral choice. Now, I believe the essay is going to be posted as a separate recording. Yeah, by the time you hear this, it'll already be out, hopefully. This is my first time writing an essay since graduating university. I think I've done my students justice. And upon hearing that, we're going to be talking about the goods and the bads, honestly. So I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to... Cut through a bunch of what I covered in the essay, and if we need to cut this part out or shorten it down so that you guys go and listen to the fully verbalized essay, that would be preferred. Basically, I've got some real gripes when it comes to the moral choice system. I've seen the best of it, and it's good, but when it's bad, it's worse than bad. It's just dreadful. So sticking with just the bad ones, I want to talk about the idea of the color system. When you have a game, and ultimately it boils down to good color, bad color. And one of the ones we talked about specifically was the concept of Infamous, or Mass Effect, or Knights of the Old Republic. You've got this game, this journey, but forget the journey. As soon as you get to the end, it only matters if you chose blue or red. Light side or dark side, or in the case of Mass Effect, Blue, red, green, walk away. And they didn't even have the walk away option in the first initial release of Mass Effect 3. That was patched in. None of it matters in the context of what you did leading up to the ending of the game. The only thing that matters is the choice you make when it all counts. And that really doesn't take into effect that idea of you can waffle, you can weigh the options, or maybe you misclick, and then it's done. Game over. And there's just nothing to speak towards the choices that other elements of the game were leading you down, or the growth that you even as a I, mean, I don't want to get esoteric and make it sound like it makes a big difference, but like you go through a journey, you, you interact with a narrative. And if I'm interacting with the narrative, and then and now I'm red, red what? Beyond that, especially in the case of Knights of the Old Republic and Infamous, the abilities. What gives when all of your hard work to be a good guy pays off with, it won't be as easy for you to do this job now, because you're a good guy. Like, not even, it wasn't easy for you to make the right choice. You've made the right choice, and now you're a wimp. I'd rather be the bad guy then. But that doesn't speak to either what I believe the character to represent, it doesn't speak to what I believe the story is trying to tell me, it just means I'd rather beat the game and feel like I've empowered myself at the cost of the character's humanity and arc. It just doesn't add up. And it never adds up. And most Star Wars games end up that way. You want to be powerful, you got to be the bad guy. doesn't make sense. So we get through that, and then we start talking about games that have such limited choice, to the point where they may not even have choice, they're just claiming they do for the sales. We talked about the games like... GTA, or Sandboxes, Saints Row, Just Cause, Red Dead Redemption, where you can choose to do a bad thing. It's within your power, and it's within the design of the game that you want to point a gun at an innocent person. You can do it. You can pull the trigger, and there will be a consequence. The cops appear. You know what I need to do to get the cops off my back? I call what's-his-face with the, with the crutch. Lester. Lester. Or I die. And yeah, it might cost me a little bit of money, a 20-second load screen, but it's done with. So in that case, why even have the cops as an element of the game if them chasing me down and harassing me for having my fun is so inconsequential? And most egregious of all these non-existent choice systems are the telltale games of late. I'm thinking specifically of Minecraft Story Mode. I'm thinking of the Guardians of the Galaxy. No, not the Marvel one. I'm Well, I guess it's all Marvel. Yeah, The Disney one. I'm thinking of Walking Dead Michonne and even Walking Dead Season 3 where they say, hey, each choice affects the narrative but really, this branching path is an illusion. They've taken the straight path and they've flayed it so that it looks like it's got many different routes, but at the end of that flayed path, they all sink back up to one. That doesn't matter where you deviated along the way, it's an illusion of choice. And the worst of them, the absolute worst of these illusions of choice, is Minecraft Story Mode. One that you all look at with a little bit of incredulity. Like, really? Minecraft, the not Minecraft game? Okay, I'll follow this guy's journey. Okay, it's a little Hackney. It's a little VeggieTales. It's a little Sunday school. And you think, I'm playing the Paragon. I'm growing this really terrible character voiced by Patton Oswalt. And he's getting places. He's getting places, and he's got this freaking pig named Ruben. And you think, I'm the good guy who's made all the good choices. Things will work out for me. The good guy will win. And that damn pig that you've been saving and
2: growing with and getting some personality out of for four episodes, poof, gone. It's honestly one of the most tragic deaths in gaming.
0: Mark and I played Minecraft Story Mode episode one, and we both looked at each other and went, like, did we do something wrong? Did we make the wrong choice that we didn't have the MacGuffin or the, the means to save the pig when the chips were down? And no... The pig is meant to die for growth, then why do you tell me that I have control over the story if I can't save Reuben? And the worst part is in the DLC and then season two, they twisted the knife and everyone's got to just mention Reuben like it's my fault, like I couldn't save the pig, and it's like screw you, I would have killed every other person in this story for that pig. And I did some real dark stuff in that game after the pig died. Like Deservedly so. so like the first antagonist to go, oh, you couldn't even save your piggy friend. That person had the chance to be redeemed and join the friend group, and I left that sucker behind to die. <laughs> you, don't, you don't touch Ruben. You don't touch Ruben. So why, why tell me that my story is impacted by my choices if I can't impact it in the way I want to? Don't make it my story then. And lastly, this is my biggest gripe. This is what I want the, the people around this panel to challenge me with, and I appreciate you hearing me out, some of you for the second time. Stealth-based morality is such an insult to the player's time and money. And I'll sum this up with my, my general thesis, and you can say this as the title of the podcast. Good shouldn't be a difficulty setting. There shouldn't be any kind of game where I have to give myself a harder time to be a certain way, if there are two ways to be. If you're going to railroad me, I'm going to be, you know, the, the gritty, hardened badass who kind of kills and is a little bit amoral. Cool, I'm down. You want to put me as the noble paragon who wants to save Hyrule for the 23rd time? I'm there. But don't tell me you want to be the hero? You're in for a real hard time. And the one that I'm thinking of most of all, and there's Watch Dogs 2 in parallel, but I really griped about Dishonored. The idea that not only do I have to go through the game without killing basically anybody and choose the stealth option, which for me is not my idea of a fun time, but also the concept that if I kill even one too many people, that's it. There's no, hey, fix your mistake, get another go. Do this extra good mission and we'll balance the morality of your system and we'll give you the good ending that you think you want that you think the story is building towards no you messed up you were put in a tight corner you're just the biggest piece of shit oh you're the bad guy corwin corwin corvin corvo corvo Cor- okay anyways <laughs> corey corey Cory. in the house yes that son of a bitch he's in he's in the house now oh yeah he's in the he's in the jailhouse Uh, oh my god it's such an insult one mistake and you're just gonna write off the entire narrative and arc of this story and character or you designed the game to put me in a tight spot and i can't get out of that without sacrificing my experience that if I put in the rest of the hours necessary to beat the game, it doesn't matter that I've done a bunch of noble stuff afterwards, you kill too many people at the onset. Sucks. And so that's where I'm at with this morality stuff. Yeah, there's times, and actually a lot of older games rather than newer games that I felt did a really good job, but where we're at right now, where people are advertising their moral choice systems, that's nonsense. It, it, makes the idea of being good a separate and higher difficulty. And that just isn't fun. That's not gaming. So that's where I left it, and that's just me on my rant now. And so I want to open it to everyone uh, to respond, definitely to challenge, because I know some people around the table liked Dishonored, and I want to hear their takes on what I have to say. And we'll take it from there, as well as we are going to give specific examples of also the times that things went well.
3: Actually, before we, I think before we jump into like some of the uh, different opinions we have on uh, some of the different games, were there any games that came to mind that you thought did morality
0: or something similar that they did it well? Certainly, certainly. And in the essay, and I, I really do encourage if you watch the episode before the essay this time, the essays will be released before the episode to give you that context so you can kind of be like the rest of us around the table, informed. But one of the, or the few of the good examples, the Fable series. As far back as two thousand four, they were killing it with their morality system. Ironically, that's the example I wanted to use as well. Well, oh, yeah. go
3: for it then. Well, you you talked to Fable then. Well, I just like I like the idea of like you're gonna do a morality system. Like that game, kind of like the whole game was built around just like having a morality system. Um, but I thought like, hey, if you're gonna have one, you might as well just make it like fun like they had fun with it. Like there's there's issues with that series. Um, oh, I think I think like the first game is just like hilarious and like obviously like your choices are always like do you want to murder the person or let them go? It's always something very like black and white. There's no gray area. It's always one or the other. Like it's always very obvious. A lot of the times you're picking the quest beforehand. It's usually like do you want to rob the farm or do you want to defend the farm? The, the there's no there's no like hard time figuring out what the what the good choices and what the bad choices are. Um And by the end of the game, if you've gone down a path of, like, an extreme evil or an extreme good character, you literally either have a halo or a set of horns. Like, it's very, it's very, like, over the top. And I think, like, if you're going to do that, you might as well own it. And, like, all the quests end up being the same. None of the, none of the gear is all that different. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that they, they really throw anything at you that, uh, like, hinders your ability to, like, move forward. I think sometimes, like, playing as an evil character is, is, like... Pays better, but I think playing as a good character usually rewards more experience. I think that's one of the things, and like the the amount of money is so like negligible. That was just a hard word to say. um, That it doesn't really make a difference in the long run. Um, And then by the second game, I think the second game is probably my favorite. I just remember it being just like hitting more in the feels. Um, And actually, one of the things I thought like because I haven't played the Minecraft story mode. But I do remember my dog dying in Fable 2, and uh, being really excited to shoot the main bad character.
2: Maybe that's maybe this is just like an entirely different topic. Like maybe we just hate when our pets die, and that's just our trigger. Yeah, that's to do. yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole plot
3: of John Wick, right? Yeah, you know? it's John Wick. And <laughs> like, no, at, at no point is anybody like, put mm, is John Wick the bad guy?" Yeah, <laughs> no, he's the good. Yeah, he's yeah. the good guy. They <laughs> killed the dog,
0: and. I spoke to Fable as well, and one of the things that I highlighted was, yes, the choices are clear, you can play the game with your choices, but at any point that you start going, "Eh, I kind of want to see the other side of this coin, they have a built-in system by which you can improve or further enhance whatever moral choices you've made. So let's say you were a good guy throughout. You go to the temple of the bad guy, forget the name of the bad deity and that, and you set, do human sacrifice in the first games. Temple of Avo is the good place, scorn. and the temple
3: of Scorn, Yeah, Scorn, Scorn, and then it's like shadow and light in the second game, Yeah, and then it doesn't matter in the third game, the third game's bad.
0: Well, the third game does still have its morality, and I spoke to that too. In the first game, back to it, you can donate money. Yep. Now, I don't want to kill people in the game just to be bad. I'd have to, you know, take the person I want to sacrifice, drag them to the temple of Scorn and sacrifice them. But I can do it. It's a bit if tedious, but I want to put yeah. in the effort, I can do it. But because it's tedious, it still gives you the idea that you are responsible for your choices. But if you make a mistake or you want to change your mind, you can. Dishonored, you can't. Fable Three, you want to break all those oaths that you make to become king to preserve your kingdom for the greater good you can or you can keep all your promises bankrupt your kingdom but you can pay off the bankruptcy with your own funds
3: yeah and actually that that was that's my one of my main issues with fable 3 is like none of the none of the choices come in until like the very end of the game there's there's very few in like along the way until you become the uh, the reigning king there um, yeah, you don't get to make a whole lot of choices. And then they just sort of, like, fire them into your face one by one. It's literally a checklist of choices you have yeah. to make for the day. Yeah, and the, and the issue I have with that is, like, you can kind of just sidestep having to... Like, And I'm, I'm not against having to make tough choices in games. I don't think anybody here is against that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Fable 3 just sort of, like, trivializes the idea of, like, if you own enough property in that game, you don't have to make any bad choices.
0: Exactly, but owning the property takes time and work.
2: Yeah, and I, so there's yeah, no that issue.
0: The choice is present, it doesn't always make the choice easy, but it is there. And if you're gonna do a choice system, I think for the sake of a game and a full experience, I want that back door.
1: The back door into like,
0: any, should I, I want to change my mind or go back
1: on my idea? Oh, the escape hatch to go the other road. Back well. Door. That's, that's one of the things that I would bring up possibly as a gripe with regard to the Infamous series, is there are those major concrete choices where in, in the context of the game, for those who haven't played it, you go red or blue, red bad, blue good, um, but there are plenty of ways along the way, plenty of means along the way through which you can, if you make a bad choice for Power which I mean some of the powers are pretty great, depending on which way you go um, there there are side missions and things that you can do to at least partially rectify your your poor life choices that you made as coal um, they it is choice but they they and they're, they're they're very upfront about it they treat it like a and they name it as such a karma system
0: rather than a full blown I think that trivializes the idea of the Vedic karmas, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> sure. That's for that's for
1: um, around the, the, the altar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
3: that's a good name for that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh.
2: Copyright. Copyright. Quick. I think uh, two of the things that you've kind of mentioned that are really interesting to me is... Um, One is kind of the question of moral desert. The idea that by doing something, you know, by doing a good act, you should be rewarded for something. It's the idea of, like, um, you know, the harder path. Sure, it might be a harder path to do these things, like to not kill someone in dishonor because it could be much tougher, especially if you're not suited for a stealth game. Um, But by doing the tougher path like, that you should be rewarded with the extra power or ability. Um, The other thing that I think is quite interesting is the idea of... We present these things as sort of like a sliding scale. You know, say you go and you sacrifice a bunch of people in Fable, but then you go and donate a bunch of things, or donate a bunch of money to an orphanage. Um, You know, working that sliding scale... Those types of things don't really work out in real life. Like if I go and I don't know sacrifice someone to Satan, (laughs) then go and donate money to a village. I've still gone and done that thing to Satan. Like it's not the way that we judge people in real life. So it's sort of the question of those don't normally cancel out. Yeah, it's not like it's not like oh you you know he's a good person but he's
0: murdered a lot of people. Have one
2: without the other. (laughs) Yeah, like um, it's the question of. You know, is the morality then going to be different in the game? Like, understandably, this is a... uh, With all of these games, these are things that we've purchased, and then, you know, you're trying to get an experience out of. But then, the morality of it... Like, should you always get something for doing the right thing? Or is it just the... Is Is the
1: doing the right thing the reward?
2: Yeah, like, it's... And that's sort of a larger philosophical question, but one that I think is kind of interesting when put on an experience like a video game. And I see it more as the,
0: the inverse, that I'm not necessarily doing the good thing for something. Sometimes I am a psychopath who wants a certain experience, but the reverse, that if I don't do something, it becomes walled off to me, that's where, yeah, my, my money and my time go, uh, no. I pay you to entertain me, not to punish me for doing something that you still said I could do. So, for Dishonored, not even the ending, which is its own thing, but the gameplay itself, you are a vengeful assassin, former bodyguard, and the game gives you all these cool opportunities like summon this, use this ability. But, but not if you intend to be the hero. Well, then why'd you tell me I could do it? Why yeah. is that so cool and so fun, but I, I can't think about touching it that in game, order to play it the good way? Yeah, that game is really only
1: satisfying if you're like just a heartless murderer. So, one of the, one of the things that I've been, as we've been planning this week's episode, one of the things that I was... Thinking about and Dallas, you kind of mentioned it in the in the production meeting we had for the show.
2: Oh, I still hate Red Dead. If that's what you're gonna. Red, yeah, it was, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm still gonna... just sick of it. That's that's where I'm gonna go. But I'm... Probably the most controversial opinion we're gonna have on today's episode. It's just, just an exhausting. I'm game. I'm gonna
1: go go in that direction to <laughs> to ask a group question. Um, is in cases like that, or games like Fable, or which isn't quite as big, obviously isn't nearly as big as Bread Dead 2. Is part of the difficulty of choice systems then. Does it come with the bigger the game, the more choice you have, the more choices we have, but then the more choices that need to be designed and thought of and invented and created, which then creates more opportunity for us to be upset when we don't get the desired result. Because there are so many Avenues that need to be considered.
2: I'm watching Connor shake his head during this. Yeah,
1: me too. I think shaking all...
2: in agreement. Yes,
1: no,
2: just... <laughs> shaking angrily in agreement. He's very, very angrily, He's very passionate.
0: Yeah. I highly, uh, I, I respect that. Yeah, no. The bigger you are, definitely, the more easy it is for you to fall short of someone's expectations. But I will raise you one Elder Scrolls. Well, all of the Elder Scrolls. They aren't built on the premise of moral choice but being a role-playing game they have done very well to give you opportunities for choice that can be seen as moral for instance my first playthrough was a very blind playthrough and i'm in markarth and i get pulled into the abandoned house which gives me the molag ball quest now up until this point i was a good guy i didn't commit the crimes I didn't murder the innocents And at the end of the Molag Ball thing, I've got to bludgeon a man to death who, yeah, was a little disrespectful to this demon god, but it wasn't my, you know, not my pig, not my farm. But I really wanted this really cool-looking mace, which I turned to fall in love with, and every subsequent playthrough, I rushed it to Markarth to get the Mace of Molag Ball. I became a bad guy. However, I could have theoretically played the entire game Main quest line and every other quest except this one to completion without having anything cut off from me except for that item and that item comes at the cost of being immoral because it 's an immoral item. I could take the item and change my ways and keep the good, although you know after you 've you know got the taste for it you don 't want to go back and there's <laughs> even an option in that mission to walk out of that mansion. To just turn your back and just say, not my pig, not my farm, and stay out of it. So the choices are all there. Further to that, all of the guild quests in both Oblivion and Skyrim are optional. I can still be the Hero of Kvatch, or the Last Dragonborn. I can defeat Alduin without being a jerk Dark Brotherhood. In fact, you can sell out the Dark Brotherhood in Skyrim. You can actually reveal the location, turn down all the quests, you can kill um, what's-her-face in that first mission where she gets you in the abandoned shack, and then the Imperials go in and kill all the Dark Brotherhood, locking that quest line off of you at your choice. So where, yes, there are some games where you look at it and maybe you can excuse it for just being really big, like Red Dead Redemption, Two. Games like Skyrim have perfectly balanced the idea of experience and choice and choosing not to have certain features rests with you and not necessarily the game choosing for you. Huh. Sure. Yeah? Sure. That's because it's a
3: and like I would say, like again, it's a role-playing game, so you so you're not necessarily role-playing. Cause in like I, I think in Fable you're role playing one of two things you're either role playing a monster or like a saint yes. you're not role playing um, somebody with a tragic backstory who sometimes make great sometimes makes gray area decisions for sure it's it's pretty black and white there is there's always like the gray armor that's in the middle but like mm-hmm. w- like has anybody ever actually played that game to completion <laughs> with uh with like the middle ground down the middle yeah like down yeah. the middle yeah but but in Skyrim yeah you're you you can. Like, you could, there's an argument to be made that like, yeah, I'm doing all the right things, but like, but I really got to do this one bad thing to get this mace to get me further along. Because it is a powerful item. Like, do I kill this one innocent person? Do I kill this one, like, this one guy to save other people? Like, you could argue that for yourself. That's kind of like your own world building that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, the, the world that uh, Bethesda's made for you. Like, you get to kind of like make your own own story. Uh, or or you could just play it how like I think a lot of people play and just like do whatever the quest wants you to do to get the,
0: the item with the most numbers. And certainly, <laughs> I have to make sure to clarify, I am fully aware Skyrim is 100% a 100% an open-world role-playing game where a fable or an infamous, it is built on the premise of a
2: dichotomized moral choice system. I do think it's interesting, though, that um, how we use the examples of the Elder Scrolls when there's also the example of games like Fallout, like made by the same company, where, um correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, you get to the end of Skyrim, you fight the dragon, you don't have that five-minute-long cutscene of like, oh, this is where your moral choices along the way affect the storyline after the final boss or the final act is completed. No, you kill that dragon. Yeah, you did. There's no choice. You kill yeah, the you kill the dragon. <laughs> it's done. But there's no, like... Oh, there's no epilogue. There's no epilogue. There's no, um... It's not the ending in the same way as when you get to, like, the Fallout games, where at the end of it, it's like, oh, you made this choice with this character, which means this is where they're going to go after the story. There's a little bit more of a good ending, bad ending...
1: In Fallout, you're saying? In Fallout,
2: rather than in a game like The Elder Scrolls, where uh, you... um, It's almost this weird, like, projection of yourself onto the character, and you remember these stories, and it's your own decisions.
1: Oh, yeah,
3: I did that.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like it's your own, um, you kind of project your idea of this epilogue onto your character, um, trying to figure out, like, how you influence things along the way. Whereas Fallout is much more of a clear cut. Oh, I helped save this village. Oh, I teamed up with these guys. Yeah. Um, so it, it is a very interesting choice, but it's more of a, a, a maybe a self-projected uh, look onto it rather than like a game deciding, hey, you did the good thing or you Here's, did the bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a, there was a big difference
3: of, like, the morality system from Fallout 3 to New Vegas, because they kind of did away with morality in Fallout New Vegas. It was literally just, which faction likes you? And it, that's really, like, makes more sense, I think. Like, do stuff for this faction, and they'll like you more. Um, don't murder all their people, and they'll like you more. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, whereas Fallout, it's basically like, hey, how do you feel about slavery? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> oh, you poisoned that well? It's probably not a good thing. That's gonna be some bad points. Yeah. yeah, and
3: like, like depending on the faction, like there's different ideology. Like in Skyrim, is kind of the same thing. It's like you could pick, um, uh, what was it, the Stormcloaks or the, uh, the, the Imperials
0: Empire, for yeah. life. <laughs> I played Stormcloaks one time, and they were assholes. And I'm like, you guys were supposed to be the rebel faction, and I was the asshole for being the Imperial all this time. And I joined them, like, screw you guys. You still attack White Run? Like, it doesn't become the Imperials who attack White Run? Wow. Yeah, everyone's kind of an asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's
3: a lot of... there's, a, But yeah, that's kind of the, the decision you make is, is, uh, is, like, who do you want to help? Whose ideologies do you kind of agree with? And, like, um, a lot of times you have to take the good, or you have to take the bad with the good in those decisions, because, well, an example, if we're talking about Skyrim, is, like, the Stormcloaks. Yeah, they're fighting for independence against, like... Um, the alt Dominion, which are objectively bad. There's, mm-hmm. the, there's, like, there's something to be said for, like, I'm sure I'm sure there's good elves, but, man, there's a lot of fucking dick elves in that game. But then also the Stormcloaks <laughs> are kind of racist. They're pretty fucking They're racist. Yeah. They're yeah, very racist. Yeah, um, and they've got, yeah, they've got, like, fucked up attitudes uh, about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Empire, it's like, hey, do you want to become part of this, like, really... Uh, You're almost like it's like do you want to like make change and that change could be really shitty or do you want to perpetuate things that are pretty pretty shitty also like I don't know you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad Um, so yeah I think that's that makes for a more
0: interesting system if we're talking about morality quote unquote morality there's also and I agree Fallout Fallout tells you the story Elder Scrolls has always been interesting because they go from one to the next and it's chronological. But to canonize the choices that everyone makes, they either have to find a way to be ambiguous about a hundred years of history that was clearly influenced by you in Oblivion to get to Skyrim, and now to think of, like, what's the implication of Skyrim to get to Elder Scrolls Six when you clearly took a side in the Civil War, you clearly chose whether or not to kill Pothernax, which is its own moral dilemma, and you're a terrible person if you side with the useless Blades... Yeah, they suck. <laughs> Why? Why would I kill a dragon that's on my side? I do genuinely wish there was an option to kill the blades instead. <laughs> well, and the blades serve the dragonborn. Why are they telling you what to do? Yeah. Like, shut up! I like this guy. He's nice. He's yeah, well, really fun fact. Nice. Voiced
1: by Mario yeah. himself. It's the same. It's Charles right. Charles. How did they
3: find that? How did the how did they find out about Parthenax anyway? That makes no sense. That, too, that that's is probably like the like one of my like most hated memories for Skyrim. Sure. And so
0: so where Fallout definitely goes, here's the story moving forward because we're going to go way off where something can't be influenced by your choices. Skyrim keeps or the Elder Scrolls keeps everything pretty. Uh, self, and or inter, interwoven. I, I would say, like, the
3: Elder Scrolls almost doesn't give a fuck about what you do. No. <laughs> yeah, the world and, like, the things you can do, you can be part of the Dark Brotherhood, become, like, master assassin, kill whoever you want, but ultimately,
0: you're still gonna be the hero. Like, and it, I, I do that. I play through every quest line, so I was the general of the Imperial Army, and I quashed the... quaffed, quashed? Squashed. Squashed. Man, quashed. Man, today's words today, man. man. I he, I squashed I I quiched, I quished Lorraine the uh, I think you got that reference <laughs> I I killed the stormcloaks you did it yay I sided with the Empire not five minutes later I assassinate Emperor Titus Mead on the boat uh, yeah, yeah and it's like I I appreciate that I could do both. And I appreciate that Bethesda's got to do the mental gymnastics to make all of that work in the next Elder Scrolls game. I I would say they don't even bother doing that. They (laughs) They just let you
3: do. They just let you do everything. Yeah.
1: So here's a. a, We've been talking a lot about both grand and small scale choice. Which do you guys find? I know for myself, it's more the, the the small scale choice stuff. But which do you guys find? Um in cases where they give you the choice and then disregard it. Which do you find more frustrating? The bigger scale choices? Or the, the, the small scale stuff that feels like it could pay off and then they just sort of go, no, this, this doesn't...
0: To, to rephrase that. your question, which moral choice system do we get more invested in and therefore more disappointed in down the line?
1: Or, or, or assuming that both are in play in a game um, which which set of choices, when if the rug is pulled out from under you, which one upsets
2: you more? Is it the small choices or the big choices? I think I'm more disappointed by the larger choices. Uh, kind of going back to things like Mass Effect Three, um, where you have this idea of all these moments of payoff of like, hey, I chose to. Um, you know, like, uh, eliminate the genophage in Mass Effect 3, uh, you know, I chose to do all of these really powerful uh universe-changing effects, and then only at the end to have it be, like, or be told, you choose column A, choose column B, and you get that little epilogue, and that's it. Like, it, it, there's... I almost would have preferred, like, a... Fallout-style epilogue of, hey, this is what this character does, this is what this character does. Um, Just the idea of payoff at the end.
0: And they patched some of that in because of the massive outcry. But imagine having a massive outcry so big and negative against you that you take a studio that closed down its development on a game just to do it right the second time. Like, that was a catastrophic misstep. You're talking about with Mass Effect 3? Yeah. I would say the big stuff would bother me more because it's obvious. Sure. I've made these choices. Like Clearly these were impactful choices in the moment because you gave me a dramatic scene. But then to drop the ball moving forward is even worse. Whereas, you know, small details do go overlooked. The modern day canon of Assassin's Creed games, poof, a mess right now no thanks to the fact that they made the movie canon, but to, to take these choices that are clearly instrumental in the experience of every player, not just a few of those insane 100% psychopaths, and to drop the ball on those, that's it's just wrong. It's insulting to your players.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, for me, it's, it's, it's the obviously the big choices are, are important, but it's the small choices that um, make me get more become more engaged and get more invested in the experience and to sort of transition to another franchise that we've kind of touched on, but to go more to deep dive into it a little bit that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the um, telltale games, especially the modern ones, they present you with a plethora of choices some large some small all intended and presented as though they're going to massively pay off and then you arrive at at, at an end where you're like okay maybe five percent of what I did actually mattered like and and I feel I feel especially in those games I feel um Mark's just smiling and almost wanting to laugh at me a little bit um uh, I feel I feel kind of Disappointed, to quote Kevin Sorbo in that classic meme, um, disappointed uh, by by the fact that they've handed me this smorgasbord of choices and said, "Yeah, all of them matter." And then I, like I say, I arrive at the ending and I'm like,
2: "But only only five of these mattered. Why did you give me all the others?" Like Mark will remember this.
3: Yeah, He might
2: have, and then he dies,
0: Yeah. which what? was a plot twist. The first time they said someone will remember this and then they get shot, but I think part of that also came into how fast they wanted to churn out the episodic games, that eventually they realized we can't weave this thread as much as we want to. Or as much as we've said we will. I haven't even mentioned the Telltale's Game of Thrones. And yeah, they pulled a bunch of Game of Thrones and went, psych, no happy endings, these people died faster and easier than you would su- suspect. I mean, that's Game of Thrones. Yeah, but then, like, yeah. don't market it as a telltale game. Don't give me a false hope when you know and I know where this is going to go. Like, the, the guy you follow dies in the first episode. I'm not going to give a spoiler warning for the game that no one paid for. Oh, no. <laughs> but the, the, the spin-off character... We're all mad at Game of Thrones right now, anyway. Gets Ramsay Boltoned right off the hop first episode ends and then you have to carry on with other perspectives which is a twist
2: but doesn't make an impact like that whole episode is a mulligan i think that's sort of the the big one of the big flaws about telltale games too especially working with certain ips like the walking dead game of thrones is that as much as it um pushes it as sort of this yeah, morality based morality narrative. play that, yeah. Yeah, morality play and the idea that um you know, choices and consequences, they are still working within these certain IPs, but then there's also this expectation of um you know, the like a a, a jump scare or a a dramatic character death. Like there's these very dramatic moments that are sort of the, the pivotal moments of Telltale games that they always have to get to. Like, you can say whatever you want to the characters in Episode 2, Season 1 of The Walking Dead, but you're always going to have to come down to save Person A or save Person B, which you always save Carly. It's a better choice. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played Although, The Walking Dead in so long. Now you that I think you we'll will save Carly. I know I you. will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: we, we are currently doing Season 4, and we ran into what's her face, the woman who killed Carly. I suppose. Oh, well, no, it's also a non choice. Carly dies no matter what, whether you stick up for her or not.
2: Yeah. So. That char- the, that's the hard part, too, is, is an interesting point of being railroaded where you don't expect to be railroaded. Yeah, yeah. it's the, the choice and consequences, because yes, you do get to save Carly, or I believe the other character's name is Mark. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, Carly and Mark, yeah. Back in season one, uh, episode two, but then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is Mark. Remember, that yeah. character dies no matter what. Mm-hmm. Granted, you were only given the options of the one character, Lee, in the first season, but it's sort of left outside of your own control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to put it in, because
0: I like talking about our experiences... Mark and I have done most of the Telltale games together. I've Miles, been there for an episode or two. Yeah, Miles has joined us for a few of them, because it's always fun, uh, and we play differently. And I got tired of paying for them. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I stopped us, paying for them. Because I paid for all of them. <laughs> but my question is, whether it's a Telltale game, or a game that you know has a very clear moral choice system, what is your default playstyle? Oh man, I'm I'm always the good guy. Like I like sometimes
3: the. Cho- oh, thank you. And is it just me or like did, is it sometimes like the choices at the beginning of the game or is it's like I'm gonna go back to Fable One as an example. Like one of the one of the things that introduces you to the game is like, hey, do you want to beat up this small child or beat up the bully? And even if I have every intention of playing as like a like a total bastard in that game, I always beat up the bully. Cause there's just something about it that just kind of gets me, and I'm like, I'm a kid. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like justify it as like I used to be good, but now I'm traumatized and I'm a villain because that's tropey enough for me to play this game. Mm-hmm. But I, fair. but I'm always, I'm always the, I'm always the good guy. Cause a lot of times, like, like some of the choices are like, hey, do you wanna, do you wanna murder these people that have been really nice to you? And it's like, I don't know, I like them. I don't want them to die, even if I get more, like, even if I get paid more, get more items, whatever. So. For being the bad guy, I just, I don't know, something, something about being the good guy.
2: It really, <laughs> for me, it really reminds me of that, uh, I've seen the, the meme going around when, especially when people are talking about um, video games causing violence, um, where, yeah. you know, it causes some sort of, you know, urge or whatever it is. But then there's the, the this meme that was circling, circulating around going, um... Oh, I chose the dialogue option that made the NPC feel bad, so I have to reload a previous save. Yeah, just because I don't want them to feel bad. Yeah, I, I I did
3: that in Dragon Age. Like there was one one time, I I, lo- I went back a few loads because one of the characters thought I was flirting with them, and I was already romancing another character, and I felt really, really bad, and, and like, the dialogue option that they come back at you with is, like, when you tell them, like, oh, no, I, I wasn't flirting, is, like, right, strictly business then, like, no, 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 I want to be your friend, like, yeah.
2: yeah, it's, <laughs> like, I chose, you know, I choose the options to feel good, and then I choose... If when I choose the bad options, I feel bad, <laughs> so I choose to be good. I push the serotonin button. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you didn't
2: join us for the group playthrough of
0: Doki Doki Literature. I right? did you not? So that, I think, is one of those ones with a fake illusion choice. Uh, it's a Japanese dating sim commentary where you make choices. There's people who are clearly going through some mental issues, and you're presented with the choice of whether or not you choose to accept this person's love or not. And the first time I rejected, because like I was totally going for this other girl, and spoilers and trigger warning, three, two, one, the girl I rejected commits suicide. And it, it gets really messed up. This is a horror game. I don't recommend it, but I did a second run-through with a fresh group. I, I, I've, thus far, I've always known what happened. I had it spoiled for me. So I play it with people who haven't played it before to get their reaction, because I'm a sycophant, and <laughs> this time, knowing what's coming up, taking this one guy who hadn't ever played this down this road, we pushed him into accepting her romantic advances, she still doesn't buy it as genuine, the same shock value occurs. Ooh. So this this kind of stuff, in this choice system, like eh, that's where it gets real weighty, um, but I, I that don't game's almost or... more about the subversion than it is the actual choices, yeah. I would say. And, and yeah, in, in my essay we talked about the commentary, choice yeah. as commentary. But back, I'm sorry that I really went off, I don't know how I was relating that to the answer to the question. Uh, you guys who are listening can go back two minutes and find the segue. <laughs> <laughs> I play good because I do believe that most games are tales of heroism. And I feel uncomfortable, partially to that video games cause violence or video games have an impact on the NPCs. I, I feel weird being like, I paid money to be disgustingly violent. I have every choice to be a better person. But no, this is my outlet for mass murder and all of those urges. Well, that's and what Rockstar games are for. I, even then, it's like, well, like, <laughs> I'll do it when I have to in a Rockstar game. And sometimes I'll do it to get a kick because maybe I'm playing with someone who's playing good and I just like to,
2: I like to upset the apple cart. No. <laughs> that's a different... That's a... Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's the thing, too. Like, there's my, uh, my girlfriend who is, like, this sweetest person I know, but when she talks about having sex with a hooker and then letting the hooker run away <laughs> and shooting them, I'm just like sitting back going like, what the hell? Like, what did I just hear? For
1: reference, that's in GTA, I'm assuming? I'm hoping. We should, we should, we should, yeah. There's no, yeah, you, you don't even own GTA,
2: so yeah.
3: like, that's that's the weird part. There's no cars to hop in to get hookers to follow you in in, in Red Dead, so, and you can't do it on a horse. I haven't tried that, yeah, but you. I don't, I'm pretty you sure you can't, yeah. Mod, that's what mods are. Hey, so, so if, I, they, if
1: they had testicle physics, they'd probably have horseback
0: sex. Physics. <laughs> so I, I play good when it's up to me, when it's on my own, because, yeah, there is still... I am still a human, and the choices I make in a world without consequences don't just immediately shift from my personality. However, because I have the understanding that games are not real, If you cross me in that game, (laughs) I know I have the choice. (laughs) I can always reload a save. (laughs) I can always reload a save. I can always get some catharsis out of this. He will cut you. And when Ruben died and people started making fun, and this is now how I play with Mark when we do Telltale games, I play in direct response to what's happening. I don't have a long-term, like... I want this ending. Yeah, I I don't have a... I want this ending. I'm not playing those... Role-playing characters, like, they're spiritual, so they have a set of code. I play, we're good until you cross me, and then I know what I want out of you. And poor Mark, we play the same game at the same time, and we swap the controller at checkpoints.
2: I often enjoy just watching them instead of actively participating, because it's so fun. There's just something in me that, like has to be good, and I don't know what it is. (laughs) And I'm like, Mark, they just made fun of our
0: dead family member two minutes ago. I was in the middle of setting this person up to be slaughtered, and you pulled them out of the way of danger, and now I have to spend (laughs) my next turn putting them back in danger. (laughs) Oh, it just becomes chaos. chaos. And And that's actually more fun, because I'm not in full control, which means I'm no longer the Avatar... I'm the devil on the shoulder, <laughs> and sometimes the devil gets to win, and that's an even more gratifying victory, when I know there are forces actively working against me, and if I still get my way, that's a different game and a different victory. You're making your own fun there, I think, too, in, in some cases. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh,
3: oh, no, sorry. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Go I'm going to talk about Red Dead, so, like, you go ahead. I will
2: yield before then, because I was going to transition well, what, did, sl- what did you want to... Well, did you oh, want yeah, to mention I, that you're yeah, morality? Really, I or didn't what's even your really preferences?
0: State my per- I had
2: forgotten. Thank you. How many children do you murder on a given day? Are we talking about video games still? <laughs> do, we no. have question, for the, Miles.
1: do we have license for the Jeopardy music? It's going to take me a minute. <laughs> uh, um, generally, I like to... Honestly... I, Depending on the game, I will frequently Google and see look at the power trees, and then decide that way.
2: So you you look at the power trees so like figure out what skills. Yeah, you what, or I'll, like, I'll, what the consequences of your. i look
1: at oh look at the power trees and go. Oh that looks cool.
2: How do I get that?
1: Oh I need to I need to kill this many people. Okay, here we go. Let's go. <laughs>
3: Just completely cold blooded. <laughs> and
1: and then that's like my first four hours of play until it's done, and then I make. The requisite recompense for the, the appropriate number of hours because I realized that I've degraded some other system.
2: So you need to slide that scale exactly. backwards.
1: Well, and that leads me to um, another thought I had that we can touch on once we're done this portion. Uh, great, great choices and, and great um, decision making that goes into the our playthroughs, and how does that impact? Like, I tend to not. Like I said, I look at a power tree and I'm like, oh, I want this, and the the middle ground and the and the and the, and the grayness of my choices don't impact me until I've achieved that goal, and then I look at the rest of the world as a scorched earth. You look at the body to get right? there exactly, and then I go, oh no, I need, I need to I need to rectify this. What do I do? Where do I donate the money in the case of fable? Like, what's the What's the out for this terrible choice that I feel completely justified? I just, really like,
3: I just really like the color black, but I'll donate. I want to be the good guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and like, because like, I'm just, I'm, I, can't, I can't wait to uninstall Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2. Like, that game is just frustrating to me to no end. Um, but I'm, I'm like so close to the end. And only just now are the characters realizing that everybody's an asshole and like Dutch is a shit leader. And now I'm kind of like, okay, now I can empathize with you a little bit. Um, anyway, that aside, uh, the morality system in that game pisses me off a lot because it, it, it kind of goes in with Red Dead's idea of like extreme hyper-realism. And when realism falls short, it's very glaring and it kind of takes you out of it. Like there's a lot of that game that's like hyper-realistic, but again, like as soon as, <sighs> fuck, like I was, in, I was in a logging town doing a side mission, and now I can't do any of those side missions anymore. It's not even like a side mission with a blip on the radar, you just go there, and the, um, the foreman there will ask you to like go fetch supplies and do a few things, you'll have like conversations and go through it, it was pretty fun. But when I was leaving, after doing a mission there, I jumped on my horse and because the controls are Ass. Ass. Exactly. <laughs> they are ass. Um, they are donkey. They're they're terrible. I accidentally stepped on a dog with my horse. You and, monster! And Michael I gosh. felt really and it was an accident. You're the villain in John I'm, Wick. I'm the villain in John Wick. And you know what? Like the dog was the dog didn't even die. The dog just like fell over, <laughs> dragged off physics and then Obviously got up and I'm ran right. away. But Everybody in that <laughs> fucking logging yard didn't didn't immediately start like shooting at me. They were just like yelling at me, like I had just like pickpocket, like um, like if you're uh, if you loot a dead body, a lot of people will frown upon that and like call you names and stuff. But everybody turned against me, even though I just basically like saved a bunch of them from like starving, uh, got them medicine, helped one guy who had a tree land on him. But because I accidentally ran over a dog. Everybody in that village hates me, and I don't get to explore that. Anymore. I'm sorry. I agree with the villagers. You're a monster. That's fair. But the the issue I also have to, and this this was this was what before I went on kind of a Red Dead hiatus is I was in uh, 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 saint Denis, like the the main kind of city town there, and I'm just walking through there. And because this game takes forever to get anywhere, I'm on my horse sprinting down the city, and I accidentally run somebody over. And because I accidentally run somebody over, and they died. Everybody in that game starts shooting at you. Every, and I'm in the middle of the city, and I had to shoot my way out. And every single time I shot somebody, ding, 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 negative karma, negative karma, and negative, negative karma. And I lost uh, like 25% of my karma just is trying to escape the town without dying because I accidentally wrecked somebody over. And dying wasn't a good idea at this point? They, In that, they... There's like a whole weird loading system. Like that's another issue I have with it. Like if there was the option to just like quick load back to my most previous save, I would have done that. I Cause it would have saved me some time. No, no, Red Dead just auto saves. That's all it does is it just auto saves. Anyway, I got really mad and just ended up shooting people because I was really mad. And no matter, n- never mind the fact that I'd gone through that whole game, every story decision I'd made, obviously you're a criminal and you do a lot of fucked up shit, and that doesn't affect your morality, but I picked every single decision I could to make myself get as close to the like, full good cowboy, I want to be a good cowboy, mm-hmm. so that I get, I guess this good ending, I haven't even gotten to the end of it, so I don't, it doesn't even matter to me yet. Get be a good little cowboy. It literally affects nothing throughout the whole game so far, I think it just affects the ending. Because I've picked all these decisions, basically forego taking money in exchange for like, helping people, gone out of my way to help people, do, like, whatever I could. Uh, because I fuck it, fucked up one thing, now like, all that's gone. And there's no convenient way to uh, get it back. Well, you can do chores. Apparently you can do chores in that. Because that's why I play video games, is to do chores to Chore get more points. Yeah. Oh, fucking, I'm so tired of this game. I want, I want it to be done.
1: Tune in next week when we give Dallas an hour to just go off of Red
3: Dead 2. Oh, and then do chores. I just can't wait for it to be done, and then I don't have to play it anymore.
2: I know that feeling.
1: So you're saying 5 out of 5, then. Perfect game.
2: (sighs) Yeah. Play it. Horseball Simulator 2019.
3: That game is so much more fun when you're just a sadistic bastard anyway. Like, that's what Rockstar Games are
0: really for. We've had a great time talking about moral choice systems, we've talked about the good, we've talked about the bad, we've talked, I'm about, about it. we've talked about some ambiguity, and that leads us into our final topic before we get into our, our wrap-up about what we're playing and what kind of things we feel about that, the morally grey. And in my take, I find it very hard for a game to be grey. I find that grey decisions either are only there out of a necessity to satisfy player choice... Or they are there by accident, but I don't think any game is really designed about finding the middle ground. But that's my that's my hot uh, take. Beyond that, I, I want to give it to Mark and a few other people who definitely got more experience and
2: more to say. Well, I think there's a, kind of this interesting genre of morally gray games, like we talk about uh, the Witcher series, uh, the Dragon Age series, where it's sort of. Um, for example, you have to choose to kill a character uh, in order to save someone else, or you uh, I can think of a good example in Dragon Age where um, unless you take further steps you have to decide whether the better option is to uh, kill a child or kill the child's mother and you're not really given a choice like, unless you take further steps, you have to choose one of those two, and it's this very weird middle ground of obviously both are really bad choices but you have to pick the better of the two um, probably the most recent game I've done that has uh, really played around with that idea was the Witcher series um, which has always been sort of this morally grey um, sure you might save someone but that person might be a dick or you know the whole idea of like humanity is monsters But it's also kind of it's an interesting playground, I think, because often these like morally gray games, uh, like a lot of the games that we've talked about, I find with these like perfect moral systems, are ones that are kind of easily black and white, Mm -hmm. uh, like a slider going between red and blue. Um, But once you have to work with in this, God, maybe that's it. Maybe we're just all mad at sliders. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing, like, um, with the, the gray system where, you know, sure, there isn't a, an obvi- always an obvious choice and consequence. Um, it's sort of much more, arguably more adult, uh, simply because... It's definitely more nuanced. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. more nuanced, and it takes a lot more thought process. It's also the times when, like Miles said, like, um, if I'm like, oh, is there a way to save this character? I'll go and Google it, and a lot of the times it's not possible. Like, you can't have everybody live, and you have to just simply live with the consequences. Um, When Miles and I were talking about it, there's the interesting one of of the XCOM series, where you are able to, your your mission in its entirety is to defeat the aliens and save the humans, but those aren't always congruent goals. You sometimes you have to, you know, let a building or one of your places get attacked so that you can make a better strike against the uh, against the aliens. Um, you're, you have a singular goal, but how you get there is much more up to you, and the failures and the successes are more nuanced. Would you f- say? <clears throat> well, you would you say that that the the
1: exploration of, of I'm going to get real fancy with verbiage for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say that the exploration of, of macro decision-making and choice-making that goes on in game design with regard to XCOM and the way that you're making big-picture choices rather than, I mean, yes, you're trying to save your squad because you've spent 40 hours leveling them and now they're all fucking dead because you couldn't see where the enemies were, um, but <laughs> would you say that, that the exploration that goes on with big picture decision making in those games do you think it's of note and something that that other developers should consider or do you think it it can only work in a game like XCOM where the stakes are so simultaneously high and obvious save the world or
2: everybody dies because aliens I I think it there could be uh, an interesting balance Um, because the goal of XCOM is so precise yet at the same time open-ended like you have to defeat the aliens and you have to try and save the humans but the way that you get there though it is mostly just what missions you choose or what resources you value um the morality of it is almost it can be more self-imposed than gameplay imposed um so i think in terms of games like that we've talked about before I'd say, like Mass Effect, um, even like Dragon Age, where it's um, your goal at the end of it is to defeat such and such a character or to save such and such a character. How you get there is much more up to you. And when I think about Mass Effect, when you started talking about
0: this concept of being grey or uh, the Sophie's choice of gaming, if you will, Geth versus Quarians? Mm -hmm. And I did some searching, because I started playing at Mass Effect 2, which meant all the choices of Mass Effect 1 were predetermined for me, but then I went back and I did a run where my saves carried over, and there is one direct line. You have to make all the right choices and all the right side objectives from Mass Effect 1 to 3 to have both the Geth and the Quarians to fight the Reapers at the end. God, see, I hate that. Like, that
3: feels like too much pressure. But that, like, me for me specifically, when something put, like, that's, that's my issue with Dragon Age. Like, I love Dragon Age, but f- fuck me. Is that ever, like, a
0: lot of pressure to play that game? Yeah. And I, I think Sophie's choices are fun because even Walking Dead Season 2, you can save Kenny. Or you can save What's-Her-Face. <laughs> or there is still one option where you can save both. Unfortunately, Season 3, no matter who you save, they off themselves. Or die. And it's like, well, clearly you have an intended path, and I appreciate that you've got a goal here. Don't make me put the work to th- get what Don't I think I want. Don't devalue my choice. Yeah, grey is tough, and I think, I think what I'm seeing here, what I'm hearing from some of the games that I haven't fully played through, is that this grey concept is very much a middle of the journey. And that unfortunately, these gray things can't ever last and you end up with good or bad or blue, red, green.
3: Well, and I think it, a lot of times if you're trying to write a really good story, like that's kind of the point is like you have to make a decision. At like, some point, you yeah, there's to make a choice. Yeah, yeah there's got to be a
2: conflict. There's got to be a conflict and there's got to be a consequence. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So before we uh, wrap things up here, we've spent an hour and a bit... Complaining about how shitty choices can be in games.
3: I think we're all just mad at having to make choices in real life, and we don't (laughs) have them in games either. Yeah. And and clearly at Red Dead and Cowboys. uh, Yeah. I'm mad at all
1: Cowboys as a consequence of playing Red Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try and close on, even if they're small, on examples of good decision-making that we've found in... Gaming experiences, stuff that where, where, not, and I don't mean pick it, like give me a game necessarily, but just even a single choice in a game where you're like, huh, I like that they made me choose, and I like the way that they respected the choice that I made.
2: Uh, sure, yeah, I'll start off, I kind of mentioned it before, but uh, in Dragon Age Origins, um, you are initially presented with the choice of, um, having to. Basically, the child. um, Like right at the end of the game? It's right, it's kind of in one of the larger open uh, areas. Uh, You have to decide whether you want to um, kill this child that is being possessed by a demon, or you let the demon uh, move into the mother and then you kill the mother. Either way, somebody has to die in this consequence. Um, which is uh, it's a terrifying choice and it has a lot of weight to it. And it, to, even if you choose, if you choose one or the other, obviously there's like a great moral impact to other characters, uh, to your party members. But then, um, if you, there is a loophole where if you go and you contact the mages and help them out before you finish this quest line, uh, you can actually recruit enough mages to come help you, but you have you actually have to work and earn that and it's a lot harder to do, but you you it's the only way out of that terrifying moral decision. Um, and I really appreciated the moral weight of that of these two terrible options, but then if you do put in the extra time and the extra effort and basically complete an entire quest line, you have that opportunity to be the good person. It just takes a whole lot more. It really makes it like like worth it, I would imagine. We Wait, yeah. weightier mm-hmm. than yeah. You waitier than just A or B on or, or off. Just A or B, um or like just some morally gray decision uh it kind of gives you the best of both worlds of being able to be that good person or having that morally great decision you just have to put in that extra effort no i think that i like like dragon
3: age doesn't have like a like a slider scale of it's just it basically just has people with opinions of you
0: um so no that's that's a cool example it just occurred to me i've got a couple I I, I, I do a lot of these, and I do a lot of these around people, or I know that they're playing it around the same time, so I'm always comparing, and sometimes I do it to see a different side. Sometimes I play to be genuine when I know someone else is playing with an objective in mind. Telltale's Game of Thrones. As a good example? Press the right trigger to punch. (laughs) (laughs) Press X to pay respect? Not even, no, no, no! (laughs) We were doing a game, and it was my turn to play, and I had a bit of a vengeful, like... And I I like this too, because some of these games, whether they respect my choices or not, they have me invested enough that I'm allowed to be upset at the choice they made for me. Or, even if it's the choice I know was going to happen, I'm invested enough to go, okay, give me the opportunity to let me express this as the character. And I think it was
2: Game of Thrones. It was definitely a Telltale. I think you are correct that it is Game of Thrones, though it does appear in other Telltale games as well. There is an opportunity to punch a a person who
0: has given you some grief for a long time. And you can punch them, and then you can choose to walk away. You could choose to walk away at the beginning, or you could continue to punch them again. And so I press that, and then they give you the option again and, like, this is really where that, that moral line is set for people. But the choice is there. So, like, Mark and I were kind of on the same page. This person had been just a monster. So we punched. And I punched again. And he's, like, nodding in approval. And he punches again. And he kind of gives you that nod that's like, okay, we did it. You know, rules of three. You punched him three times. And I went, but the option is there. And I punched him <laughs> again. It could have been Batman. Part of me thinks it was Batman,
1: now
3: that I think about it. I... This is just reminding me of, like the end of God of War 3, where you don't, you don't get to finish that game until you stop punching Zeus. Yeah, yeah. You, you have the option of just keep
0: going. But... You go and you go, and, and literally, it gets to the point of grotesque, where I think the character lives, but depending on how much you punch them, depends on just how mutilated they are. Oof. And I'm, I'm really remembering a lot of games all at once right now, because apparently I do this a lot. But Uh-oh. like you can
2: keep going, keep going. It may not have been, even been. The one I'm thinking of is uh, Game of Thrones um, where you play as um, oh, it's been years since we played that, but uh, it's where you play as like the, the regent of the area. And uh, it's either to the yes. trades or to um, one of the other characters, and you just, you have the option of beating them over and over and over. Yes. And eventually it gets to the point where, like, other characters are like, no, stop, like, and leave him alone. you can still go in. And I love that because
0: even from the first punch, you could reject it and walk away. And if you do one punch, it'll be a slightly different reaction for the next, you know, that never lasts forever. But they've scripted enough, they, like, dude. You just or. clobber the guy. Like, just shock and horror. And yeah, like, the, they have animations built for the various amounts of destruction you do to this guy's face. And you just... I just... I wanted to see how far I could go. And I didn't even care that much by the time I was done. I'm just happy it was there. The other one is I really do like Talia's story in Mass Effect. When I did Mass Effect 2... Tally? Oh, Tally. So Tali, yeah. well, she was dead in that game, so I never really learned her name. So my first playthrough of Mass Effect <laughs> 2, I lost the court case. I didn't supply sufficient evidence, but I, I think I got, like, the middle one where she wasn't exiled, but she also wasn't accepted back. She got, the, like, the neutral ending because I just didn't have it all. Hmm. That was okay. She dies at the end. She was my character that died. I didn't get the perfect ending at Mass Effect Two when you're doing the raid and like your companions can die, so she died for me in that game, and I wanted the everyone I lives died in
1: mine. No, I'm just thinking,
0: sorry, but yeah, the idea that your characters can die if you don't do enough right for them, and because I didn't have all the information, I went in blind. I still had every choice presented to me, and I got to make those choices and feel like I did them, and it still made sense that my choices weren't enough. So then I did the Mass Effect 3 and that one. I couldn't save Talia. Or Talia was actually dead because it was the continuation. And because Talia was dead, I couldn't save the Quarians. Oh. So I had the only option was either geth or no geth. And if you can't choose to make So and it's like wow, I couldn't do enough for Tally for this one. And that actually had a lasting consequence. And I didn't feel bad, and I wasn't angry at the game because I didn't know better. Then I realized there is one avenue by which I can have my cake and eat it too. And I pursued it, and because it was a little cheapened because I knew it was there. But because I put in the work, and I got the payoff, that was awesome too. You could just save an entire race. I could save an entire race, and all it took was one dialogue tree from Mass Effect 1, and finding an item of evidence for Mass Effect 2 that I didn't find the first time. God, that is weighty. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, they had this whole map out. Like, this, this was oh. all there to do, and missing a part of it didn't ruin the game for me. I yeah, from Bioware was a good studio, and they were yeah. well put together. So those are my two, like, ouch. Punch and punch and punch some more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up games... And telltale and maybe if, if I can get the specific example I'll come back to it but someone else you know? I, I'll i go um,
1: yeah, <clears throat> for me I would say I'm gonna one of them is gonna be a more genuine answer one of them is gonna be a little bit of a cheat but the more genuine answer is uh and say which you will about his games and him as a person there's stuff to be said but the trip it can become human and I felt consistently respected the choices that I made as I was making them And I reloaded a few times, because I'm like, I don't like that outcome. But I chose it, and I couldn't, like we were saying earlier, I couldn't live with it. So I had to go back and not do, like, I just am like, I can't handle this. And more often than not, I couldn't reload, because the game auto-saved. So I was like, well, I, I did this. This is on me. Good for them for making me feel like shit. Or good, depending on the the outcome of the choice. And then the other one is, and again this is a total cheat, but just bear with me, uh, Breath of the Wild. The game is entirely a choice. And it says to you, here's everything you need to go do. Go do it in every order. In any order you want. We're not going to... We're going to present you with an obvious path, but we're not going to shoehorn you down it, and we're not going to get in your way if you make ul- ulterior choices and, and alternate decisions to said uh, primary path. Mark, for those of you listening, um, which is all of you because it's not the only show, uh, Mark is in a uh, friendly combative pose, and I will give him the
2: floor. Go ahead. I mean, Breath of the Wild is a very hard one to argue. It, definitely choice of consequences, but in just the Uh, combines with like morality that we're talking about um it's a bit of a harder one like there is the idea that you could uh you know not do a quest line and then deal with the consequences of not completing that quest line for those characters Uh,
1: but there's no that's fair there's no there's no morality at play other than um Other than my own feelings about the outcome, really, Mm -hmm. the town doesn't necessarily respond. Although there are certain instances where you can interact with NPCs in certain ways based on what you're wearing or what you have equipped, that they sort of respond to you differently. And those aren't like gameplay-driven choices; those are design-driven choices Mm -hmm. and responses. But to me, those are the best. In some instances, those are the best kinds of choices where I can look at this and go. Uh, What are they going to do if I walk around not wearing any armor whatsoever? Like, are they going to respond to me? And how? And there's there's a few instances where I can't... For the life of me, because it's been a while, I can't remember which one I'm thinking of explicitly, but I do remember not being able to go into a particular building to talk to an important NPC because I made the choice to go in naked. Like... And it's not a a great example of morality at play in choice in gameplay, but um, it's there, and it's it's a thing that, that happened. And I was like, huh, that's neat. And I guess that's kind of the response that I want from all choice. That's the response that I want them to endeavor to elicit from me, whether I make a good choice or a bad choice. I want to go, huh, that's neat. That's what I would consider to me a good, um, and I'm broadening my, my thought here, but to close it, that's what I would consider a good choice design, is, is me just going, huh, okay, I'm well, this is the choice I've made, whether it's good or bad.
3: And I mean, like, for my options, like, I, I have like two two games. I'll just quickly touch on one of them. Red Dead Two? No, 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 not even. Um, no, and I just like I don't even know if it's necessarily choices that like at the time I liked, quote unquote. It's more just like choices that I and moral questions that I I guess I respected that they put in there. And like the first one is um, is Fable Two. Um, like I like the Fable series. I think like, hey, if you're gonna have a moral system, like just fucking have at it, you know, just like make it so wonky that it's fun. So that's a that's a good example I think um for for a moral system I can in, I can actually get actual enjoyment specifically from the morality system in that game, not just uh not just having a morality system in a game I enjoy, but actually enjoying the morality system itself. Um but specifically like at the end of Fable 2, you get three decisions basically. Um, and like, I don't, I, I don't really want to get into, like, um, like, what video games are capable of. Like, obviously, like, this game, whatever you, like, whatever you think of, like, uh, video games, like, there's only so many choices you can't really make. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, th- there's an argument to be made about that. But again, at the, at the end of Fable 3, you get basically three choices. Uh, one choice is for just a shit ton of money, um, which I didn't pick because I already had a shit ton of money. I picked that one time uh, pl- when I was playing, like, the most evil character, and even then I was like, this sucks. Um or you can pick to save every single person that died um building this giant tower. You can you can choose to bring them all back to life, which is like seems like a cop-out, but not your family. Your family specifically doesn't get to come back. Which is like kinda weird. That's kind of a really weird it's like, like thing. Very weird stipulation. Yeah, now that I think about it, maybe I hate it. Um <laughs> But like, it's it's in there and the point the point is the choice itself. Or I guess arguably the middle, the middle ground, which is like the one you should pick because it's like ob- object, uh, it's the best choice is like you choose to bring your family back. And that includes your sister that died at the very beginning of the game. Um, you get a you don't get to meet her, but she gets a note. You get a, like a, a letter in the mail, uh, from her that says she's doing all right. She's in some weird land and she's doing okay. Which, which was really cool. If you're married and have kids in the game, they come back to life. Um, but most importantly, you get your dog back, oh, and that's perfect. really the point I'm trying to get at. You get your dog back, and your dog is actually useful in that game too.
2: Yes. So, like, it digs up treasure, it helps you fight, it does all this cool stuff, and it's a fucking just fun dog. It's just nice to have a dog in that game. Okay, so now, like, going from Red Dead Redemption to where you accidentally kill a dog to resurrecting the dog. Yeah, but, but you don't get your uh, what dog. What we're saying yeah. is, we're you're, you're less okay. of a Fuck other people's dogs. Your it's your. <laughs> at the at the end of the episode, you've redeemed yourself at least that you're. Yeah. You need, Dog yeah. restoration. We've gone dog. Absolutely. Well, even, uh, even if
3: I'm a total bastard in that game, like I'll revive my own family because that because that fucking dog saves the, the dog. The dog that's been with me there the whole time. The whole time, yeah. You get it as a you get it as a puppy. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find of morality. It as a
0: puppy. Essence of yeah. morality. Save the dog. Oh, yeah. I found the specific scene I was referring to. It was Walking Dead season three. Yes. Where the bad guy badger. Is bit and you can choose to ice him once, just one quick crack over the skull with a baseball bat, but you can choose to keep hitting him. Oof. Okay, and uh, badger him if you
3: will. Oh, bludgeon him, batter up. My, my only other example was uh, it was just one choice in uh, in the Witcher games because I, I do remember actually like. Liking uh, some of the choices in there. Um, one choice, one choice I didn't like was is I, I fucked up a mission because I didn't have all the info, uh, and a ghost got away because I didn't know what the ghost did, and it was like, oh yeah, I should have known. And it was like, I how would I? I've never played The Witcher before. How am I supposed to have known? Anyway, I digress. The the choice I liked, um, just because I thought it was presented and the dialogue was presented in a really like um, nuanced way. Was there's a uh, it's been a while, but there was a tower, and this tower is full of this like magical scientific achievement. But it was basically built on the back of like getting a bunch of people killed. It's also like an amount of power that would like wielding that amount of power would be like corruptive in a way. Like it's it's not it's not a good it's not necessarily a good thing. And one of your friends, who's a witch, uh, wants to take control of it. Um, and, like, there's this whole thing. Like, obviously, like, your characters get along really well. It's very charming. Like, it's hard not to not to like that relationship. Basically, anybody uh, Geralt interacts with, it's, it's kind of hard not. If Geralt likes them, it's hard not to like them yourself. Um, but if you go back to that tower, she's there, and she wants to take control of it. And I made the choice to basically say, like, no, and it keeps asking you. It asks you, I think, two or three times where it's like, are you really going to stop me? And I thought like, if I argued well enough, she would just walk away. Um, I don't believe that there's an option. Um, she has to fight you, but you argue your whole time. You're saying like, no, this, you like, this is not okay. You shouldn't like, I need to destroy this building. Like you, like you shouldn't have access to it. Nobody should have access to it. That's not the point. But she keeps trying to say like, well, think of all the good I could do. It's like, it's kind of a Lord of the Rings thing. It's like, think of the good we could do, but it's that kind of like absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Mm And it was just really cool, and I felt really bad for killing her. But I didn't reload because I was like, you know what? It was still the right thing to do. I, I still know. was. I still stood by it, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm usually the guy who's like, I'm going to put my companions first. Never mind the rest of the world. I usually put the people that are with me in the games uh, first. But this was one of those situations where I was like, even though this is a named character, uh, a, an interesting named character. Nah, this is not one of those uh situations where I'm going to I'm going to uh reload and try something else. I was just like, "No, I'll just live with it." And yeah, I yeah. thought I really respected that choice in uh in that game. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, that I think is more in depth than I thought we were capable of talking about. It was going to be maybe a segment and uh, we're doing this the day before the PS5 launch, so anticipate that for our next episode. But just to quickly wrap up one game round the table, especially if it's something new that you've gotten
2: into. Real quick. What do we got? What have you guys been playing? Uh, I just recently started playing uh, Divinity 2 uh, Original Sin, nice. the definitive edition on the PS4. Um, only maybe an hour or two in, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Cool. Yeah, besides my like two missions of Red Dead
3: a day... Uh, I've just been I've been going back, well, I always go back and just like I've been playing a lot of uh, Total War Warhammer Two. Right now, I'm doing a, a Skaven campaign uh, because I love those little cheese boys. they're they're horrible little bastards, but they're so fun. I have no idea any of the words you just said. Oh, it's just—it's just an entire race of rat men.
1: They're, who every. It's like Zerg in Starcraft. Every single one. Starcraft, yeah. yeah,
3: but every single one is a complete and utter narcissist. They all, every single one of this entire race, thinks that they're the absolute epitome of perfection,
1: and it's—it's it's fucking hilarious. Awesome. Uh, right now, I'm uh, the game Hades from Supergiant just released a new update, so I'm. Neck deep in
0: that, um, XCOM Chimera Squad. XCOM, give it to you. What? Uh, <laughs> I think we made that joke last episode. We might have. Uh probably. I wasn't there, so. <laughs> uh
1: what else have I been playing? A lot of Minecraft, as we said last week. Around the office, that's all we do when we're not prepping the show is just play Minecraft. Um, that's it for
0: me. I beat Assassin's Creed 2, and I don't give a shit what you play tells me. I beat that game 100%. I got every (laughs) fucking chest in that game. All 100 fucking feathers for little Petruchio or... What's his ass? Petruchio's from Taming of the Shrew. Pinocchio. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter. He's been dead for 20 years by the time I get all the feathers. I don't know why my mom is so goddamn hung up on these feathers that she gives me a cape
2: that makes everyone want to kick my ass when I wear it. Screw you, mom. Uh, this is Connor's formal complaint to Ubisoft and Uplay for not giving him the 100%. Well, We're going that's to be the submitting issue. Assistance. They're in the exchange district. You I, walk over there. I was, in, I was on Uplay, and it's like, hey, last time
0: you played this game, you didn't get all the chests. I'm like, I know, because they're useless and you have a recurring money system, which means that these chests don't actually give me enough money that I would want to go and get them all. Well, that also means, Connor, that you only beat at 85%. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to do a run-through where I get 100%. I get 100% of everything. There is no objective left for me to do. Congratulations on your 94% completion of Assassin's Creed. I'm like, what? I'm baffled, and I googled it, and because it's only a Uplay marker for completion, I don't know what's missing. Part of me thinks it's the average between my two playthroughs is what they're showing me on Uplay, but that pisses me off. So anyways, I'm doing Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, We're going to talk about remakes in another episode. It's still one of those things that I'm passionate about dedicating an episode to. but holy crap. Assassin's Creed 2 to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, even on Xbox 360, was a leap. But in the Ezio trilogy, the remasters on Xbox One, that is a night and day difference, and it feels like I'm playing a brand new game or a very modernized game, and a a much further along-the-line sequel. I love it, I love doing the Assassin's stuff side missions, I love being able to call people to do some killing for me when I'm on the run, and I'll tell you more about my Assassin's Creed journey some other time. But in terms of our episode, that's it, I think Miles, you want to make mention of some stuff that's going to be in the show notes.
1: Yeah, um, just, we're, we're aware of what's happening around the world right now and it's one of those topics that you can't avoid, so going forward in both this show and Around the Craft Table, which is the other show on our network. We're just going to be including some links to resources where you can donate if you want, or places you can volunteer, or if you're un, un, um, unaware of the situation, you can you can inform yourself and make independent decisions about how you want to help. Uh, that's it. That's all for us around and around the arcade cabinet this week. We'll see you next week where we discuss presumably. Yeah, well, it'll definitely be after the fact of the PS5 launch, that's, that's what's... Not the launch, the... Or, not the launch, the, the, press uh, conference. The press conference, my bad. Do you want to do that again? No. No, I don't want to do it again. Uh, next week, we're covering the PS5 press conference. We'll see you then. Bye! Bye.
3: Red Dead is bad, and you're bad for liking it. But that's a moral choice.
0: And you're free to make it.
1: Hey everybody, it's Miles here from the Around the Arcade Cabinet team, and you've just heard Season 1, Episode 2, Good Should Not Be a Difficulty Setting. This week's episode was executive produced and written by myself, Miles A. Taylor, and Connor Peters. It was written by show producers and writers, Mark Stage and Dallas Holden. All four of us were on the panel, and I cut the show together. This week's intro music was, as always, done by TechnoAx, and the outro music this week was done by... DJ quads and you can follow us on twitter at attack show that's at a-t-a-c-s-h-o-w thanks for listening we'll see you next week